0: My name is Matt I am not joined by Joe Gooden today. He is dealing with a little bit of sickness in his household, so we will wish him nothing but the best. Um, I also, this last week, have dealt with a little bit of illness, but the show must go on. So we didn't get to attend Big 12 Media Days in person. However, due to the great coverage on. ESPN Plus, and the content that we get from the folks over at Big 12 Communications, we, w- we felt like we were there. So we're going to do a couple things. Um, we're going to listen to a couple clips that I pulled from Dave Aranda that I thought were, were good quotes. He kind of did his thing to where he was philosophical and introspective, and it was riveting as it is always when you listen to Dave Aranda talk. So we're going to play that. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the quotes, things that were interesting throughout the two days of Big 12 Media Days. And then we had promised that we were going to do a little bit of team preview, Big 12 preview, team by team, as we go through the off season. So we had already kind of did the, the incoming members of BYU University of Houston, Central Florida, and Cincinnati, so we had planned on jumping into Kansas and Kansas State last week. We had a special episode due to realignment and everything that happened with all that so we're gonna I'm gonna touch on Kansas State and Kansas and my thoughts on their upcoming seasons, and then we'll also touch on Iowa State and West Virginia now. Joe, as you all know, is a huge Iowa State fan, so he I'm sure he's going to have something to say about Iowa State next week, but these are my thoughts. I'm doing a solo show. It's my show. So, here we go. So, first of all, this is Dave Aranda giving his kind of opening thoughts at his press conference.
1: ...during the season we would meet as a staff and talk about, you know, we have ourselves a brand new team today. And so with football being a game of random events and setbacks, our ability to, um, um, to uh, address what's real and to not take into to a reality, you know, preconceived notions or maybe, um, you know, wishes or any of that, I think is just so important You know, to get where you're going, you have to start where you are. And um, since January, that's been our task is to do that. And I think it starts with, you know, our brand new team. It starts with making everybody available, which is way difficult to do. We were talking about that earlier. I think, you know, it just seems that, you know, and I'm way included in this, just that um, people in general have a way of getting in their own way. And so to make each, to make everybody available is just very, is, is um, a daily thing. And just the strength, the strengths and the, um, you know, the, um, the power that comes with living fully who you are and not trying to be anybody else and knowing that you're enough. I think that's such a strong thing. And I think... Football is a great vehicle. Is a great vehicle for that, you know. I think we weekly and daily uh, talk about the task within a task, and so I think, you know, in whatever we're doing, what are we really doing when we're doing what we're doing? And so the, you know, to get the motivation really honest, to get the intention really clear, uh, so that we can, you know, uh, live daily with integrity. And I think, you know, if we hold ourselves to that standard and we attack it day after day after day after day, then um, we can transform.
0: As always, Dave Aranda brings the heat, and that was a great opening kind of salve of what his idea is going into this season. And after that, you kind of jumped into the question part of it, you know, the, the actual press conference part of the opening statement, and he was asked about, of course, one of the first questions he was asked about was the quarterback decisions, and this is what he had to say about going with Blake Shapin over Gary Bohannon.
1: Uh Dave, Curtis Quillen, KCEN Channel 6 in Waco, I think you knew this question was coming. What led to the decision to switch quarterbacks this season and go with Blake Shapin under center? Um, Well, I appreciate the question. There was, throughout the spring, you know, um, I appreciate both, um, you know, Sean Bell and our offensive staff for really being intentional and uh, very open and honest about kind of where things were and what the expectations were and all of it. Felt really good about how that was laid out. And then I think, you know, the competition between Blake and Gary, I thought, was was really strong. And the communication was, like I say, always wide open and ongoing. And just at the end of it, it just became apparent, with, especially with the spring game. I think that was a factor in it. But at the end of it, it just became apparent that that Blake was our better passer. And, you know, just very difficult for me. Just, I, I, I think the always look at people uh before i look at players and um i think in this one we had to look at we had to look at you know who could be the better player for us and not really incorporate the person which is just kind of the opposite of um of what i usually do and so it just became a very difficult thing you know i think with gary like you know um there is no me without gary there is no last year without gary there's none of that and um you know you walk in my house i've got pictures of my kids you know um you know posing next to gary and so it's just it's just um it's just kind of a crazy thing so it's very difficult to do and i think you know we um we talk quite a bit about person over player and just that um uh, you know to create a culture where you're coming from value and you're going out in the world and it's a win or a loss or whatever it is, but you can come back knowing that you're still love man you're still it's okay and how different that is than you know trying to do stuff for value and so I just think you know looking at Gary and and his predicament and wanting the best for him, I think it was. The fair thing to do was to make that move early.
0: And finally he was asked, or I should say, this is probably, this last clip is one of my favorite quotes or ideas that I've ever heard Dave Aranda or really any coach come up with and this idea of continuing on in your imperfections. And that's all I'll say. I'll let y'all listen to what Dave Aranda had to say about it. And I really just, this idea resonated with me a lot.
1: It's not about necessarily perfection. It's like any form of like, um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, you have to move with, with imperfection, continue to move, and continue to get better, right? I think that's the goal for us. And so to keep your eyes on that and to focus on what's real, because I think like this is way cool with the lights and all the people and, and you know, being asked questions can uh, can feel cool, man. You know, but I think like that's really not real. You know, what's real is the um, what's happening day to day in your locker room, in your weight room, you know, in in your in your cafeteria, right? How the team is handling each other and or how how they handling situations and all of it, right? Are we becoming a player led team? Or do we still need to be a coach led team? And so I think to put the focus where the focus needs to be I guess would be my answer
0: as always Dave Rand brought it um and during everything I just felt he came across the the most impressive of all the coaches on day 1 and really day 2 and I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying you know next year they should have 3 days of Big 12 media days where One day is Dave Aranda, then half of the rest of the coaches on day two and half of the other coaches on day three and just have a whole day devoted to listening and talking to Dave Aranda, whether it's talking football, talking about books he's reading, talking about philosophies, or what's uh, his thoughts on uh, Star Wars. I mean, that'd be a good idea. So after Dave Aranda. Is really ties in well what I wanted to do. You had Lance Leipold, head coach, Kansas Jayhawks, and I'm going to touch on one thing before I jump into my thoughts about Kansas this year. Is he was the first question he was asked. I mean, he's very short. His little intro was, um, not very long before he opened it up for questions, and he said, or he was asked about how to evaluate success. Um, in the kind of program and what he's building there in um in Kansas, and he had a great question. I say I quote. He said, "I think that we are really saying something sometimes how you are going to measure progress when it's not showing up in the win and loss column all of the time, all the time. I think our players have really embraced it, and I think that's really for him. That's what you have to do, because." Right now, year two, coming into the program in the state that it was when he arrived there in the state that Les Miles had left it in and really playing catch-up from all the way back from Charlie Weiss. So you're not going to measure success in wins and losses right now. It will come, I think, if he has the time, able to recruit and kind of build a program there at Kansas that replicates how he did at his other stops. and But that being said. I'm going to kind of segue into. My thoughts on KU this year. And I want to say that. Their. Win total over under was. Two and a half. And I have inclination to. Go with the over. I think you're. I think they're probably going to get to the over. Or pretty close to it. Their non-con. And. While we're recording, I'll just go ahead and bring up their schedule to see what Kansas's football schedule is. But I think as you saw last year, that they were an improved team. They played way better than they had the previous year. Didn't really show up in the win column all the time. Although it did against Texas sometimes. But it progress, for sure. So I want to look at... Just take a brief look at their schedule and see what they got coming up this year and where you could possibly find these wins. So just going, looking at it. So basically we have, they're going to open up against Tennessee Tech. I think that's a win. No doubt. After that, you have West Virginia on September 10th. Most likely a loss. After that, you have UH, future Big 12 conference mate. That is... Definitely a loss, Duke. They could get Duke. Duke's moving on, has a new head coach coming in. Definitely could handle the Dukies. Now after that, they got Iowa State, TCU, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, not looking great. Followed by Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas their arch rival, and wrap up the year with Kansas State. Um, I think their only chance is really to get over the two and a half. Because I think they're coming out of non-con, they're going to have two. I think Tennessee Tech and Duke can definitely be wins. So if you're going in two and one, um, coming out of non, two and one in non-conference play, I think that you really can... Focus in on the getting that third win. And uh, it pains me to say this. It pains me to say this a lot. But I think your best bets are going to be Texas Tech. And really, that's it. Really, that's it. Maybe West Virginia. It's at West Virginia. So that's going to be a rough, rough ask. But so I think your best bet is Texas Tech. I'm sorry. I know that isn't Texas Tech. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tristan. I really am. But that that's really their best bet. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying with a first year head coach. You know they're rebuilding there and Lubbock as well. So that's really your best option at the end of the year. Maybe things break your way. I don't know. I'm just saying that's your best option. But really, you're looking at three and nine at the on the good side. You know, if everything breaks right for Kansas, you're looking at three and nine. I don't think you're looking at a four or five win team. And you probably won't be for another couple of years, to be honest with you. But progress is progress. And that's where we're at with Kansas. And with that being said, let's move on to Kansas State. As far as Kansas State goes, um, I think Chris Kleinman really said it the best is they are very optimistic and have high expectations and they're not the only ones that have that feeling of uh, Kansas State um if you read around the college football media twitter sphere or if you're in that kind of little bubble you will see there is a lot of optimism and high expectations for Kansas State listen to any podcasts um it's kind of like on a national level or covers, you know, and more of a, a macro level of college football. And when you talk about the big 12, you know, they always bring up Oklahoma and Texas, of course, without being said, um, you know, they kind of talk about Oklahoma state and Baylor, even though they're some of the top vote getters from the media, as far as how it was all going to break out this year. And then, not far behind them was is Kansas State as either a dark horse or full up being picked to be either the Big 12 champion or in the Big 12 title game and those are those are lofty expectations um not saying they can't get it done um i think they're a little bit a little bit off and yes they have a lot of talent they have a lot of you know, very talented players coming back. They add in Adrian Martinez, transfer from Nebraska, and people are just kind of penciling, in as being, penciling him in as being one of the best or one of the top quarterbacks in the Big 12. But I will say this, um, just changing from Nebraska to Kansas State does not make Adrian Martinez Colt McCoy. It's going to... He's going to have to prove something to me because he's still the kid that at the end of the day, I shouldn't call him a kid, he's still the, the player that at the end of the day, he uh, when the game's on the line, he's just as likely to throw a pick as it was to win the game for us. So we'll definitely have to see how that all breaks out. And like I did with Kansas, let's just take a look at their schedule, see what's going on. All right, so Kansas State, they open up. Okay, they open up with South Dakota. That should be a dub, no doubt. Missouri. That's a, that's a that's, I think that's a win too. That's also a win. After that, you have Tulane. Also, I mean, they, you're looking good. After Tulane, you go to Oklahoma. After Oklahoma, you travel, no, you welcome in Texas Tech, which... Should be a win. I'm On paper, it should be a win, but you never know. Then after that, you go to AIM to take on Iowa State. Travel to Fort Worth to take on TCU. You got Oklahoma State at home, Texas at home. Travel to Baylor, and you wrap up the season with at West Virginia and Kansas at home. So it all... The thing about the Big 12 is this. You have a clear, I think you have a clear top tier. I really do. Then you have a huge chunk in the middle. And then you have Texas Tech and Kansas at the bottom. Now, how that all shakes out, I don't know. And maybe Texas Tech will surprise me, because I'm not high on Texas Tech, if you can't tell. And they'll, they'll jump up into that middle maybe Kansas doesn't improve as much as I think they will and they stay dead last way at the bottom underneath a pile of garbage like they normally are. I don't know, but the middle part that's going to be where the Big 12 championship is run. One. So, I think of the clearly at the top, you're going to have Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That's it. That's your top tier. Then this middle tier is everyone Except Texas Tech and Kansas. And then, like I said, that can move around. That's that's fluid, as they like to say. The situation is fluid. And teams can move out of the middle tier down to the bottom tier and vice versa. And I think that's what makes the season so fun. Because you never know. you're just going to be in the middle of the year. There's going to be games in October that are going to define where these teams stack up. And what we think now may not necessarily be what bears out to be fact at the end of the season. And that's why we love college football. That's why we play the games. It's just a really exciting time for me personally. Because I'm a huge college football fan. And... Big 12 media day and really media days for all the conferences. This is the unofficial start of football season. You really get into previews, you get into the preseason superlatives and all that that is just makes the build up to the season the anticipation to what is always an amazing football season fun. Speaking of fun, let's go ahead and talk about Iowa State. I'm not going to go over everything that that, um, they said today because Iowa State and West Virginia, they had their media media conferences today or their media days, press conferences, things of that nature today. But I will say this. um, Iowa State being picked where they were in the Big 12 media poll is a little ridiculous, I think. But that's just that's just me. Again, that's me. But let me look in. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. I wanna see what the Big Twelve Media poll, how it all broke down, and where Iowa State ranked. Okay. So basically I think Iowa State should have been higher than they were. So they were picked sixth and they got one first place vote, which Okay. And then above them were Kansas State, Texas, who got two first place votes, which Okay, and then three, Oklahoma State, two, Oklahoma, and number one, Baylor. So, basically, if I was going to do this, I probably would have put Iowa State four, maybe Kansas State four. I'm going to say, I'll say Kansas State four, Iowa State five at the absolute lowest, and then Texas at six, because I know... What people say about Iowa State, I know they say like they had all this hype going in last year, all these returning players. And when I say people, I mean me. And they didn't do nothing with it. They were barely a bowl team, and that's fine. However, all that being said, they are still have more actual skins on the wall in recent years. Actual like proof of concept, than does the people in Austin. So I think going into the to the for the media, these are supposed to be the experts, the media to go in and say, Texas first of all get two first place votes, and then secondly are going to be better than Iowa State. Is laughable. That being said, I, I expect Iowa State's going to have about the same kind of year they had last year, probably. You know they're going to start off a little sluggish. They're going to win some big games that people probably don't think they're going to win, upset some folks people probably don't think they're going to upset, and then drop a couple games that they should probably are going to be picked to win later on the year, and end up about seven and five, which is a, this is fine, which is good, especially, I mean, if they have the kind of year. This year, they had last year. I think people have been fine with it. The problem was last year, people expected them to be 10-2. And it didn't pan out. Next team on my list is West Virginia. Now, West Virginia is a, is in a tricky situation because they definitely need to win. Or I should say this. Neil Brown definitely needs to win because if he finds himself in a similar year as he's had, His previous years there in Morgantown, uh, he will not be in Morgantown because we need something. We need something to point to, to look at progress. And I feel bad for him because the churn of the transfer portal really hit them hard. Some of their best players leave the program every year, it seems like, and go to different presumably greener pastures in their eyes however it's hard to build a program and sustain a program build when you're having this kind of overall churn of every year your most your highest braided players your most i should say your best players the ones who have proven it on the field bounce and they go to uh where they think is a you know georgia or wherever they go i don't know so He's they got to put some wins on the wall, some wins together. They got to move up, like I was talking about, those like big 12 tiers. They got to move up from that near bottom of the middle tier more towards the top of the middle tier. So, like, you need to be like seven, five, eight, and four to, to really show something to the people in Morgantown that, yeah, we're building something here. This may take a little bit longer than what we anticipated, but we're building something that we can point to for the future of moving into the to the new big 12 um in a couple of years whenever texas know you finally do leave for the sec they brought in Tate daniels as quarterback they brought in graham harrell for the oc and really the big 12 is really getting back to its roots of this spread offense air raid offense and after you've had this kind of lull Whenever you had different coaches at Texas Tech, change of coach and philosophy at Baylor, change of um, Lincoln Riley going over to, Lincoln Riley kind of still did it. He was the Air Raid guy, but he left. But they brought in someone who runs that brawl system. So, I mean, they're going to kind of stay the same. But you have like, West Virginia Air Raid? Texas Tech, back to the Air Raid. You got TCU Air Raid bringing in. Texas with is gonna have just I mean, I'm everything I said about Texas, I say a lot about it. I do think they're gonna have a fun offense to watch. So I think the half of these teams in the Big Twelve you're gonna have they're gonna put up a lot of points. And then the other half or a portion of the rest of them are gonna be mostly defensive minded You have Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor, teams like that. That are mostly defensive-minded. And even in Oklahoma, you have a new head coach that is Brent Venables, who is defensive-minded. So we'll kind of see how that all shakes out, even though they got Jeff Webby as the OC. See how all that shakes out with how their philosophy gels together in how they built that team. Also, I'm kind of – we'll get into more of this later on, closer to the season when we kind of break down Baylor – but, I mean, Baylor, I think I have an idea they may be like a hybrid because I think with what they're going to do with Blake Shapin, you might see a kind of like hybrid high-scoring offense, great defense, possibly a repeat, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Okay, but with all that being said, that kind of wraps up my thoughts on Big 12 Media Days and what all happened over the past two days there in Dallas. So it's time to move on to probably your favorite section. I know it's definitely my favorite section of the podcast. And that is going to be our pop culture section. What are we watching, reading, listening to? So basically, if you're new here, we normally talk about what things in pop culture we're watching, either television or movies, what we're listening to music-wise podcasts, audiobooks, or reading. So basically, whether that be comic books or novels, whatever the case may be. So basically for me, since I'm doing it by myself today, I'll just talk about myself. So basically what we what I've been watching or started or in the middle of, I guess I should say, is Westworld. Um and it's getting to the point where I'm intrigued and it's kind of falling back into more of that season one Westworld intrigue and i'm digging it that's it's really that's what i'm kind of into right now also i just wrapped up miss marvel which was very good absolutely i think it was one of the better mcu television shows that we've had to date now it's not for everybody i don't think i think you're going to have a lot of people that are turned off by it because it's not what you normally have it's not midnight it's not loki definitely not falcon and winter soldier it is more along the lines of genre bending type of it's a it's a young adult teenage story inside this world of superheroes and it's but it's very good i love the what they did with the the pakistani stuff I love what they did with the teenage stuff and especially what they did with the MCU stuff. So that's what I'm watching now. Um pretty soon I'll be moving on to next month to House of the Dragon. Gonna get hop back on that um Song of Ice and Fire horse and see where it takes me. But that is next month. And that's pretty much all I have for today. I appreciate y'all indulging me and in having this solo show. Hope everyone gets better in Joe's household. You can always follow Joe at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman on Twitter. You can follow me at Matt underscore Workman on Twitter and follow the podcast at the Baird In Pod. All on Twitter. That's where we are. We're on Twitter. Um, Don't start looking for us. Don't try to look for us on Facebook because we're not there. Or Instagram. So, sorry. Anyway, I do have a TikTok, but uh, that's personal. Anyway, that's all I got. Thank y'all for listening. As always, until next time, sick and bears.